from coast to coast. We're your host and host, SBH and Sawa. And our spooky Halloween-y, cheap-free-ass music. That's not copyrighted. Yeah, we wanted to use the Halloween theme, but we couldn't figure out in 30 seconds or less whether it was copyrighted still. So I went to YouTube, and I'm playing it on my phone. Yeah, because we're, we're cool like that. We're so moby. And, and this is by Coastal Disorder. And I'm turning this With off. SBH and Sawa. And it is our Halloween episode. And we're still not by Coastal. We are still not. We are uh, snuggled together on my bed. Because we're kinky. And it's warmer up here. It is, actually. It's it's. Well, hot air rises, so like all the mm-hmm. heat gets stuck on my top floor until I put the curtain up downstairs. And because it just now decided to be super freaking cold, mm-hmm. I haven't winterized yet. Anyway, happy Halloween. I am releasing this on Halloween. Right. Even though it's pre-recorded. It is. Because we're together. And it, we're taking advantage of the, the lack of sound quality issues while we're still in the same Physically spot. in yeah. the same space, yeah. Plus, you know, we only get together once or if we're really lucky twice a year. So mm-hmm. here we are. And um, we've had a bunch of days together, but and we meant to do this earlier, but we never have enough time. And you know, you're really good friends when you're together for eight days and you still want to cry because they're leaving in the morning. You're just kind of like, OK, so the time flew by. We were robbed, but it's OK. Well, yeah. And we even actually got extra days because we did um, because somebody got into a little car wreck and had to postpone their flights. Well, and by little, I mean enormous. Yeah. It, um, we were driving on the way to the airport. Boy, Sal was doing us a huge favor and taking us to the airport. And then somebody crashed into apparently not just us, but a few people. There were four cars involved, I think. Oh, good Lord. And um, so we ended up having to go to the hospital to get everybody checked out. Boy Sawa actually ended up cracking a sternum, um, his T12 vertebrae, um, and his left hand somewhere. So it's like he got the worst of it being the driver. Um, the rest of us were just bruised but fine. Mubi was perfectly fine. Well, she's a little traumatized. She still, yeah, she she still has some after effects. Like when she wakes up, if I'm not right next to her, she freak out because I was the one who was right next to her when it happened. So she's kind of, I guess, linked me to absolute safety or something like that. And but. this brings back to what we were saying about her being a psychic witch because <laughs> she had a premonition. Uh, I mean, I don't know. What a I feeling. Was... It's not a premonition. It was a, it was a feeling something was going to go wrong. The entire time we were on the road, I had my right arm braced over her because I was just waiting for it. And when we were almost to the airport, ironically when we were almost to the airport i was like okay well i guess i'm just on edge or whatever and then um when we felt the impact uh one of the reasons my right collarbone and my right shoulder still hurts is because um i was so braced my my right arm was so braced over her and i remember while we're careening out of control i'm looking at her to make sure she's steady in her car seat and i remember going okay so all right so this is this is it then. Oh, it was, it was almost casual. It was like, oh, okay, well, here it is. You I know? kind of felt that way about the bus too. Right before yeah. it hit me, like, oh, okay, this is a thing that's happening. Right. Yes. Well, and also I, you know, I, I don't know what this driver's problem was, the one who hit us, but um, this is the third bad rear ender I've gotten in, in the past three years. And 
the first two were the drivers behind me. It was definitely cell phone related. You know, it's like people are getting just like the rear ends are getting worse and worse because people are just not seeing the cars in front of them at all to even slow down, to even try to screech to stop. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So when <laughs> you hit somebody that going that quickly because you never saw them because you were looking at your stupid ass cell phone, um, you hit them hard enough to push them into another vehicle. Or in my case, back in 2015, they hit me hard enough, even though we weren't even going fast, there was no stop and go traffic, but they hit me hard enough to where I was pushed into another vehicle and then into a tree. That sucked. Yeah. A lot. So. Yeah. Well, and to, to stay on our theme, um, apparently the fear of losing one's cell phone is equivalent to the fear of a terrorist attack. So that's kind of crazy. And I will tell you what was terrifying for me was getting a phone call at 10 o'clock Eastern time telling me. And so for once in my life, my phone was downstairs when I was upstairs. So Magic Pants brings up my phone and says, you need to take this and shoves it in my face. And so that wasn't the scary Very part. Smooth. No, he um, he's like, you need to take this. I'm like, he's calling at 10 o'clock at night. And I hear some guy I don't know saying, just so you, I want to let you know, that SBH and Moby have not sustained any life-threatening injuries. You're like, what the hell? And I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, start over? And then he explained to me who he was and why he mm. was calling. And then I asked about business class, and he said, and I quote, well, except for the name change, so I almost quote, whose business class again? Oh, dear God. I didn't oh, tell you that. Oh, that's right, because yeah. he came in a different ambulance right. than we did. And oh. I'm like, and I'm like, SBH's husband? Mooby's dad, like, <laughs> and I didn't know that Boy Sarah was driving you, right? Which I should have known because he's a saint and does that. He is a dirty old man saint. You are listening <laughs> to me right now, Boy Sarah. You are a dirty saint. old man. Um, I like dirty old man saint. That's funny. Anyway, <laughs> the patron saint of dirty old men. Then the, the anyway. I needed a cheering up, and 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 he requested things. Well, anyway, to be fair, I, I did playfully offer. I just was a little surprised. Yeah, and then he said I had to make my own deal and vehemently. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Anyway, um, no, I didn't know Boyce I was driving, so I didn't ask about him. But to hear that 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 the guy didn't even know about uh, business classes' existence made me like <laughs> oh. even more terrified. Yeah, <laughs> like, is it that you can't tell me because of HIPAA and he's dead? Oh like, dear God! No, that's where my brain went. Yeah. Like, is he playing dumb? No, he's not. But my brain instantly goes to everyone I love is dead. Well, the, so the the problem was that it was... <laughs> the waveform did really weird thing there. <laughs> well, you almost went Southern. It's dead. <laughs> but um, no, the, 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 there were so many people involved in this freaking crash. You could, You should have heard... The dispatcher over the ambulance. No, I shouldn't have heard that. No, like the dispatcher over the ambulance. There were like 50 names. They're calling off going, you know, da 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 group one. Da, 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 da. I was like, geez, how many people did this dude hit? You know, but because this was the third bad rare render that I'd been in, I was downright, like I said, casual. I was like, well, here we are, <laughs> you know. Yeah, okay. So, so because it's the Halloween and episode. And wanted a new car. And he's going to get one because that one's 
dead. It's D E D dead. No, D A I D is dead. <laughs> no, but um, because it's the Halloween episode oh, and we sh- wanted it to be all scurry, we decided to talk about scurry things. And what's scurrier than phobias? Yeah. Common but- phobias. Yeah. You know what else is scary? Uh, mummified squirrels. Yeah. <laughs> So there's a dead squirrel that has been in the crosswalk leading to the elementary school for three weeks now. And now it's like it looks almost like a pile of dead leaves, but you can still see the fur. So you can still see that the tail. Yeah. The the fur on the tail. Yeah. And we also my so Princess Pee Pee Pants. Who's right here. Who's right here with us. um, She apparently well, she she's a very good mouser which is good because we live in the country and mice occasionally get in. Um, the problem is she will eat the entire mouse except the head. And so was it two days ago? Yep. I hear the children screaming from the living room, yelling <laughs> at the cat. And I rush in. I'm like, what's the matter? Like there's a dead mouse head. <coughs> and there was, and it was really dry. So I don't know how old it was. And everyone else was like, where's the rest of the mouse? I'm like, well, it's in the cat. Of the mouse. Yeah, she eats everything except the head. So occasionally we find mice heads. And but it, I take care of them. I do not let them get mummified and leave them on the crosswalk where small children will see them. But the problem was short pants was like right there next to the mouse's head. Like she almost put her knee on it. Yeah. And that's why she was like, is that a... And then she freaked out. And I was like, what are you looking at? And she goes, it's a mouse's head. And I was like, what, a real one? Because you guys are pulling out the Halloween decorations Oh, yeah, and we too. have some rats. Uh, toy uh, rats, Halloween rats in yeah. the Halloween. Yeah, they're they're props. So, anyway, but and then I said, no, 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 we can't freak out. At, they're yelling at my cat. I'm like, you cannot freak out at Princess Pee Pee Pants. You have to tell her she's a very good hunter. Yes, she's a very good hunter. And she's not even acknowledging me at all. No, well, she was purring a second ago. Yeah, well, she doesn't particularly like me, as we've established. I don't think that's true. She mm. came up to you and snuggled next to you and purred. Okay, yeah. I'm warm, though. There you go. Okay. Um, so let's talk about some phobias. Well, and we, we touched on one of um, SBHs. And by touched on, we kind of screamed about it in the last episode. Um, and that is clowns. <laughs> and not just clowns that happen to be uh-uh. uh, fat white men who kill and rape people. Looking at you, John Wayne Gacy. I actually... Um... I have, you know, I guess there are some people, I, I never thought they were appealing. Like I was telling um, in my ghost story that I made. Oh my God. <laughs> um, but, you know, in when I was describing the clown in my ghost story that I was telling the kids. Um, she may have told them that John Wayne Gacy used to live next door to me. Right. This is not true. What? No, I mean, what about the John Wayne Gacy living next door? No, but yeah. I did tell them that. But the... Um, <laughs> The the description of the clown in the ghost story was exactly how I used to describe them in my head, which was they are they are inhumanly tall. They have ghastly ghost white or pale of pale as the dead faces, depending on where my mind was going. And this is how the pigment is actually called clown white. Yeah. Ugh. But this is how I used to describe them in my head as a kid. Um, Hell's fire, orange hair, blood red lips, and dagger eyes. I mean, and so the fact that that is how the description was in my head tells you that 
their look alone was not appealing. I did not find them funny at all. If anything, they were just clumsy because of their unearthly big feet. But um, and then Dumbo, that ugh. were they clowns and I don't remember. Yeah, they Dumbo. dressed him up as a clown and they made him jump out of a burning building. Oh, Poor Dumbo. Right. Dumbo is one of those movies that's not allowed to be played in my house. Like I. When that movies, pink, that fever dream, pink elephants on parade. When movie is uh, older, uh. when movie is older, she can watch The Exorcist over Dumbo or Old Yeller. Like those oh, two movies are banned for life from my house. And 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 uh, Magic Pants cries at Fox and the Hound, so we don't watch that either. I've never seen that. Don't. I wouldn't. I never. I never saw Bambi. Did you know? Speaking of phobias and fear, that we learned in psychology, uh, we were in grad school. We must have been because our. Yeah, I, I remember the professor who told us when they did a study of most terrifying moments in film, mm-hmm. Bambi's mother's death was always in the top three huh. because it's so shocking. Huh. Like it, it literally kind of comes out of nowhere, you know, so not that I would know I haven't for watched sure. Bambi in so long that I don't remember the details. But I, I mean, from what I hear, it came out of nowhere and it, it's shock factor. It's kind of like how... Uh, Willy Wonka, so the Gene Wilde version, the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. It's not a scary movie, but as some comedian said, it takes an extreme left turn at that boat ride. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like <coughs> it, it goes from la 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 lollipops la 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 la. <laughs> you know, it was always the blueberry that messed with me. I was actually really disappointed in Tim Burton's. <gasps> Um, version of that only because I thought if anybody who was going to do that boat ride up would be Tim Burton and all he did was make it kind of roller coaster. Yeah, that part was a little. It was, uh, it was the thing I thought he would have the most fun with. And he, you know what annoyed me about that? Uh-uh. The DVD case was scented like chocolate. And you know how scratch and sniff chocolate just smells kind of gross? Yeah. So the CD case just smelled kind of gross. Yeah, it's worn off now, but like I, it was terrible. There were quite a few things I didn't like about that movie, honestly. The Oompa Loompas all... Being the same dude? Yeah, and then the whole Johnny Depp looking like a deranged doll, which porcelain dolls, I'm not fond of those either. I collect them. Yeah. Well, I used to. I have given them away. Mm -hmm. Because now I have ABJDs. Okay, I have one. Asian ball-jointed dolls. Oh. You've seen Fiona. I was like, after birth Johnny Depp, what? (laughs) <laughs> Asian ball jointed dolls <clears throat> yeah like that uh, Fiona yeah but she's beautiful and I love her but she's in the attic because I have small children Um, because that's what she's wanting to see when you go up in a dark scary ass attic no she is because her skin can be messed up with UV light she's oh. very well wrapped Um, <clears throat> sorry tangent not that we ever go on those ever um and um, speaking of uh, of the phobia of dolls, which a lot of people have, since we're moving on to clowns, which are doll-like, yeah. to dolls or other, um, especially ABJDs or other hyper-realistic dolls. Um, I mean, ABJDs, uh, ABJDs are um, um, very realistic, except their faces. They obviously uh, often have, like, really big eyes or whatever, but they're... Um, articulated they have all their digits and some of them have extra bits that are optional <laughs> uh, i remember one male version that had a three different um 
uh, manhoods at different levels of excitation you could plug it. Anyway, detachable so that penis. yes, it was a detachable pee. Anyway, um, so that comes from like the whole concept of the uncanny valley where things that look too human, like that they're they're just they're they're not human, but they look slightly too human. That really freaks people out. Oh, okay. I have never had that problem, but like that's why like the the scary doll is such a trope. And well, Annabelle, who I mean, that movie is based on a real doll who's actually a Raggedy Ann doll. But um, like that doll exists. She's in a museum. Wait, the doll ran amok and started killing people. Well, no, but it's an actual physical real doll. Well, some people think that. And then there's, of course, Robert the doll. Have oh, you not listened yeah, to that yeah, episode yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, and, no. And I've really... actually seen him on something. Yeah. Like Mysteries at the museum or something. So we're recording this on October 19th, and the new season of Lore on Amazon Prime just dropped. So check that out, by the way. That's a little um, shout out to Aaron Menke, who, of course, has not listened to this, but, you know, whatever. Um, no, it's a really great show, and there is an episode on... Um, called Unboxed, I think. That's the name of the podcast episode. I don't know if it's the name of the the show episode. But um, it's about Robert the Doll. And he is especially creepy. Um, but that goes into the whole, like, it looks human. It, sometimes it moves like a human, but it ain't human. Kind of mm. thing. Yeah. The, um, the, the whole fear of dolls, I don't... Like I said, some dolls are just a little creepy. Like I I'm had... talking Tina, and I don't like you very much. Well, the whole thing about, like, for example, the classic scenario of going up in the attic and seeing a bunch of porcelain dolls. Um, the, what is it about porcelain dolls? I think is actually closely related to my thing with clowns, where they're just so ghastly and unnaturally pale. Um, like the ones that are painted up, like you know, boy holding balloon and stuff. I don't care about those. Those don't bother me. But the ones that are super Victorian with the kind of dead stare. Uh, well, Sarawa looks at her own very pallid skin tone. They, you're nothing compared to how they're painted, though. So. <laughs> but they, um, <coughs> one thing that I can't tell you enough how creepy it is, speaking of dolls, are those real-life sex dolls. Oh, my <coughs> God. The real dolls? Yeah. Oh, my God. They even oh. come in a crate that looks like a friggin' old-style coffin. What the hell? I mean, well, because how else are you going to transport one of those things? I, I don't want to know. I I'm sorry. If you have one of those, you are a couple steps away from necrophilia. Yeah. It's, uh-uh, uh-uh. Now, but see, look, we're being all judgy. You know I, why? Because it's our Halloween episode, and we can. Okay. We are not kink-shaming, though. Like, uh, really, if that's your deal, just don't marry it, Okay. Please don't marry your inanimate you know object. This Halloween, I'm going as a judgy person. There you okay. go. Okay. But no, um, as far as real life phobias go. I'm wearing a onesie with like three layers underneath. I am going to wear a onesie just because I love those because I am now 40 and that's my jam as far as Halloween costumes go. Jammies are a jam. Exactly. You've heard it here first, folks. But the um, as far as real life phobias go, I was just looking at the pronunciation of the one my husband has, uh, which is he has... I tell you, there are a few things I know him to be afraid of, but ants. ants. If he sees one ant in our house, it drives him nuts, and he goes hunting for because he thinks that's the well. There's a ant. horror movie about that. There is them. I think it's called Them. If if we're wrong and it's not them, and like someone's actually looked at our Facebook page, which I don't know if anyone has, but 
let us know. I think it's them about the ants that kill people. No, um, and he's not even afraid. It's the swarming. It's yeah, the yeah, swarming is, thing. Yeah. But he, um, I looked it Swarms up. Swarms is pretty common. Well, apparently there's a phobia for practically everything. So apparently there is a fear of ants called um, myrmycophobia. Myrmycophobia. <laughs> she just looked it up, but she's got to do it again. Well, it's really long. Uh, myrmycophobia. Yeah. It, at least that it sounds says, like the fear of mer let's, people. Let's play it. Let's see. Okay. Uh, oh, myrmycophobia. Myrmycophobia. Okay. So that's what that is. And is that dictionary.com? Should yeah, we. Uh, how to pronounce dot com. Shout out. And then the one that we were looking up before is Sawa's thing, which yes. is anoclophobia, or we, I think I pronounced that wrong as well. It is pronounced. Hold on. I got the YouTube up. Hold up. Anaclophobia. Anaclophobia. Yeah, that's the fear of that's the fear of crowds, guys. I, I don't like people pushing against me. It makes me anxious. I could have a panic attack or worse, like lash out. Like I was in Starbucks one time. Okay, I was in Starbucks constantly, but this particular time, um, this this lady who is on and off her meds. Um, was off and she like tapped me on the shoulder to ask me for to panhandle essentially and like I almost punched her in the face like that was my knee jerk like just having someone touch me and like having people pressed against me and um poor Pete knows this and he will try to be a buffer if people are like too close to me in Starbucks which I really appreciate but that's why like the only crowds I can really handle are Disney because Disney knows how to handle it so you don't feel like you're in a crowd ever but like, I can't yeah. do crowded dances. I can't go to nightclubs. Not that I'd want to, because I'm almost 40 and we don't do these things. <laughs> I didn't like those even when I was in Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah. But I think that's because I'm afraid of them. Like, like frat parties freak me out. If um if I'm in a show and there's a meet and greet after, like, I am in at the outskirts just because I can't deal. And the last thing I want to do if someone comes to one of my shows or if I go to a show is insult someone who's just trying to be polite to me. By freaking out if they get too close. I can be separated from them by an orchestra pit, though. Mm. But yeah, so that I, I hate crowds. I avoid them like the plague. Yeah. No, I think um, that one I was telling Sarah is the one I hear. That and agoraphobia, which we all know, familiar with, you know, fear of being out and about. But um, those are the two most common ones that I hear about from friends, family. <coughs> I don't really run into fear of heights that much. I used to be afraid of heights. I mean, I think it's so common that people just don't really talk about it. It's yeah. just sort of a thing. But uh, fear of crowds, I have noticed, at least in my adult life, that a lot of friends I never knew had it, have it. And of course, there's good old claustrophobia. I have a form of it where everybody... <laughs> I used to work in a clinic where... We would get our patients from downstairs and the therapy rooms were upstairs. Mm -hmm. And all my clients back in the day knew me as they, they used to call me the therapist who shoves you in the elevator and take the stairs. Like I would literally throw them in the elevator, hit two, wait for the door to close and then run up the stairs in time to beat them to the second floor. You did that with me. Uh, movie. Movie in uh, business class. Yeah, I don't. I don't do so I can do enclosed spaces just fine. Um, but I do not do 
I don't do well with things I cannot let myself out of. Isn't there like a specific one for elevators? I mean, probably. It's we I, had a grad student who would never take the elevators either. I'm gonna look it up. All right, you look it up. I have now learned that I'm definitely not claustrophobic because I got wrapped up in packing tape today. Limb by limb. Yeah. And we did not do her head. It was no, 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 no. Tape ghosts. Yeah, but we did on um, my torso and then we ran out of tape. So you had to SPH, SPH had to run to Target with my car. And uh, so I had to stand yes, there la, la, with the la, sticky la. side out. Because <laughs> when you do these ghosts, you do the sticky side out and then you do another layer like to, to seal off the sticky. And um, I know it's just claustrophobia. Yeah. Oh, it is. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, yeah, so I was stuck and I had to keep my arms above my head because every time I'd lower them, I, I would get stuck to myself anyway. But yeah. So I, but I wasn't freaked out at all. I kind of thought it was kind of funny. And I mean, I've done a lot of costume fittings, but not like this. And I'm talking really fast. I just realized. So I'm going to stop talking for a second. Actually, it's weird. They, so the fear of elevators is kind of like a mixture between claustrophobia which is the fair small spaces and agoraphobia which is the 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 element of agoraphobia that's about being trapped in a situation that you cannot escape so go figure and then there's clythrophobia the fear of closed spaces or being locked in an enclosed space i don't know i think at this point people are just making shit up <coughs> like Ooh, i want to make fears. up a phobia <coughs> go for it um let's see child crying phobia god no, see, I'm just glad that since I have weaned my children, I no longer randomly lactate when I hear babies cry. Because that is hella awkward. Glycophobia. Uh, the, the fear of lactophobia, the fear there, of yeah. breast milk. Or the fear of spontaneously lactating. Yeah. yeah. Any any spontaneous leak of body fluid freaks me out. Like, not like of my personal, like, like if I laugh too hard, I'm always afraid I'm going to pee, you know. When I get nosebleeds, because when the air gets dry, I get nosebleeds. Uh, like, I hate any spontaneous fluid that's not supposed to exit your body that is. Yeah. They, um, or is exiting your body in an inappropriate time. The, the story of lactation actually leads me to talk about what Sarah knows better than anybody is a deep-seated fear of mine that's only gotten worse since I became a mom. And that is carcinophobia. Now, oh my god people used to call me um and i used to call myself a hypochondriac hypochondriac i call you that daily actually <laughs> but the thing is i disagree i don't i'm not i don't think that i'm sicker than i am in the sense that you know like hypochondriacs if you think of the classic one they think they have everything you know like they will, you know I don't have a third year med student syndrome right i don't necessarily have a fear of other diseases like i once thought when i was I think I was 14. I thought I had leprosy because, <laughs> I didn't know that. well, because I was laying down on the bed and my granddad was ironing a pair of pants on the bed with one of those, um, those ironing boards that sit on your bed. Yeah. The flat ones. I have one of those. And, um, he, you know, God bless him. He, he unplugged it, but he hadn't moved it. And he thought, well, she's 14. She's laying there watching TV. She's not too stupid enough to, you know, roll into the, the, the iron so i totally forgot it was there and i brushed my ankle up against it so it burned and it wasn't a big deal i was like ow oh okay and that was it so the next day i noticed that part of my foot was kind of numb and i was like what's that about and then i noticed i had like that scabbing like that very very faint mm -hmm. scabbing and i went 
holy shit. <laughs> because for some reason. Catholic problems. So, well, for some reason, the island that I grew up on was going through a big Hansen's disease awareness thing. I don't know why. It's not like we had an outbreak. It's not like people were all of a sudden being diagnosed with leprosy, but they had like this PSA that would play randomly about how to I wish to you spot... could see the look on my face right now. Right, yeah. How to spot Hansen's <laughs> disease, which is leprosy. And Boom, bop, bop, bop. <laughs> Sorry. It, you have this uncanny fear of sounding like a member of the Jackson Five, even though you're blonde and white as hell. No, and and so I Sorry. remember with my and they said your extremities and numbness, and I was like, oh, gr- oh crap! I got it. I I have Hansen's disease. You have the itis. I got the leprosy, and then all of a sudden I remembered because I kept rubbing my foot, going, look, I even have the discoloration, and then. I remembered, wait, didn't I roll into the iron last night? <laughs> you know, so, but, so, I mean, honestly, other diseases, I mean, I may think I may have something random, but I don't necessarily fear it. But cancer, oh my God. Like, I don't know. If I were to really think back where it began, uh, CNN, if I were to really think back where this could have begun, CNN was like one of the first cable channels <coughs> that was broadcast where I grew up. And my granddad, being hyper-vigilant about health, would always watch CNN Health Week. <coughs> and cancer was, I think, a big thing that they would cover routinely. And I think, and I, I mean, I was like eight. So I mm-hmm. think that's where the seeds started getting sown. <coughs> Sorry. Speaking of diseases, I'm still recovering from. You're allergic. You're allergic to. Uh... <coughs> Actually, I got a sinus infection like the day I yeah. got Yeah. Keep going. We have spent so <coughs> much time at the drugstore that it's kind of cray cray. At least I didn't do antibiotics. So Yeah. And, and in case we did not mention, carcinophobia is the fear, fear of, cancer. of cancer. Well, so I've been reading about it. I mean, it's probably obvious, but. So two years ago. It had been, I think, 10 months since I had nursed Mubi. Um, so 10 months since I'd weaned. I just randomly lactated a tiny, tiny bit. <laughs> I remember <coughs> that phone call. And I Those mentioned phone it, calls. I mentioned it to my doctor. Oh, God, is she, she's crying again. And no, because I think it's just a scream. Okay. And because my doctor is a doctor, they said, well, we'll do a mammogram. So I did a mammogram. And of course, the minute a doctor says, let's do a mammogram, you think, okay, shit, this is it. I don't have breast cancer in my family that I know, thank God. I don't have anything like that, but that's where my mind goes. And it has gotten off the hook um, since I've had movie. I don't think it's worse <coughs> because you used to call me bi-weekly from bicoastal, bi-weekly, mm-hmm. making sure I could tell you that you didn't have a brain tumor. It, it usually used to be stuck with brain tumor, but I have to say, you know, at least then when I was fearful, I could at least, I don't know, at some point calm myself down. Since I've had her, though, the thought of not being here for her has put a very strong emotional undercurrent Me that too. wasn't there before. Well, like you said, I will never forget when we were talking about uh, once we were talking about driving in New York City 
And you said, that is something you would never do. And we were texting and you said, I have become so afraid since I've had my children because I, yeah. think, you know, and I talked to a friend of mine about it, about this fear of cancer that had gotten to a point where I, I thought of going into therapy for it. It had gotten so bad. Mm -hmm. I talked to boy Sawa about it in tears a couple of times saying, this is a not, not phobia. Like it haunted me. And one thing that was happening to me that I wasn't aware of, I was seeing a OBGYN who was not my regular OBGYN and not for too much information, but after you have a baby, sometimes your hormones go wackadoodle. Sometimes. And it wasn't postpartum, but like they had said, well, <clears throat> I mean, they track everything from <clears throat> your general health to menstruation to all of that. And this guy said, I, my blood sugar has never been spiky or anything, but he said, well, since you're kind of settling down from a hormonal firestorm, let's put you on metformin. Oh. And, and so I thought, okay, why not? I mean, what did I know? And I took it and I noticed my anxiety was unreal, unreal. And it's only after my regular lady came back and she looked at my chart. She says, you're on my form. And I said, yeah. And she said, why? And I told her what the last doctor said. She goes, no, your body was just recalibrating. You can stop it if you want. So I stopped it. And all of a sudden, I'm back to at least normal where, I mean, I could still be very fearful. Like the carcinophobia is still there, but it's nothing compared. Like um, you're hearing me you hacking. call them at form in the dark times. Well, it, you know, some people swear by it, but if you take it and your body doesn't need it, sometimes you could get some really screwy adverse effects. But, well, think about it. If it screws with your hormones, then that kind of screws with your anxiety. But, um, yep. but I, um, like just this morning, I was telling you that <coughs> in my hacking, I saw, you know, a trace of blood and, and very pretty here what I was spitting up. And I was telling business class and so I said, and, you know, I looked at it and went, well, yeah, I've been hacking for nonstop for like five days now. Whereas if this was around this time last year, I would have been like, oh, shit, yeah. right, something horrible has happened. You know, so at least I have to say that getting off that medicine did help a bit in that arena. Well, I mean, I think that's one of the ways <coughs> that we need to like, if we, we have to be aware of how we're feeling. So if it changes, we can fix it. And I said that in like our first episode that. <laughs> that it took like a an aha moment for me to realize that I was not well. <coughs> um, and with, you know, with SBH and the metformin, she realized that she wasn't well and you had to fix it. And like one of the ways I deal with one of, um, like I have, fine. no, it's a fine. Ugh. I have a, a, a fear. Like, again, I was never afraid of dying my whole life. And I always said it was because of my faith. And it, I mean, it, it was because of my faith and, I, I never feared death. I feared dying in pain because I don't like pain. No one does. But since I had my children, like I am, I do not want to die. I, uh, yeah. Like <laughs> I wouldn't say it's an all out phobia because I mean, no one wants to die, I hope. Um, but um, <laughs> I, I'm terrified of losing them or them losing me. And I mean, my husband is a wonderful man. It's not that. It's just. Yeah, like I just can't anymore. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons that I um, 
like I'm obsessed with true crime, like podcasts and stuff is because I feel like if I understand it, I won't be afraid of it. Um, Cause you can't understand death or the afterlife or whatever, because <laughs> no one can talk about it once they're there. Um, I mean, except for like ghosts and crap. Um, if you are of the mind to believe in these things. Um, but yeah, so like I, I listen to these things. I learn about these killers like John Wayne Gacy <laughs> or, you know, Ted Bundy or, you know, um, one of my favorites, A.J. Holmes. Favorite is a relative term. I find it fascinating. And I feel like if I learn about these people and why they did what they did, then I don't know, some weird thought that I can prevent it, which is not true. But um, I have gone on a digression and I don't know. Where I was hoping to go with this. The um the, the funny thing about phobias is the names. Because I think the names are hilarious. I, I the, yeah, there's that. But um like speaking of carcinophobia, apparently the CDC is so aware of because you know we're all plugged into the net and all that stuff, so we know more than ever, but we only know half, if not even half, of what we should know. So what like for example, we're not doctors. <coughs> So we know the bare minimum mm -hmm. and then we exaggerate it. So a headache becomes a brain tumor. Um, any lump in your breast automatically you think is cancer, even though I had a ra the radiologist when I did the mammogram a couple of years ago, he said he, he, he is older than dirt. And he said, everybody comes through here thinking they have cancer and only a few do, you know, which was very reassuring. And we don't have a family history. No, but what I'm saying is, you know, lack of knowledge to piggyback on what you were saying is kind of the root of a lot of phobias. I mean, and there are some that just come with, I don't know why, like fear of heights, you know, it's like, Oh no, that's it's it, the fear of heights having suffered it. Um, and so I was, when I was a kid, I was extremely afraid of heights. Like I wouldn't even go, you know, those domed monkey bar things. Mm -hmm. I would not even go to the top of those. And I mean, the thing that Daisy Duke just climbed up in? Sort of, only not, like, it would be just a dome. There'd be nothing inside it. Right. Uh, yeah, we found a kick-ass playground in uh, um, where we were going, Clinton watching. Chappaqua. Chappaqua, thank you. Mm -hmm. I can't pronounce it. Um, and and, and, and Daisy. a kick-ass-looking school. That was a pretty Yeah, it was pretty. We took, we, we took all kinds of pictures. Anyway. Um, she took a picture of my ass peering into the window. I did. I I might post that because it, there's no identifying features. I might put that on Facebook. Um, words. Like, I, I was terrified. And so to help me, my darling father, who is a very good daddy, um, he's a he's a fire chief, uh, a former fire chief and of a volunteer company. And he um, he had access. There was a, a ladder truck. Uh, bucket truck that could go a hundred feet in the air. So his response to try to help me with my fear of heights was to stick me in this open basket. I mean, with my mom and my brother, but, and bring us all the way up a hundred feet in the air. <coughs> and I was like eight. I don't know. I was terrified. It made it 10 times worse. And the fear comes from not the fear of the heights itself, the fear of falling from the height and and as my father always says, the fall won't hurt you. It's the sudden, sudden stop, stop at the end. Mm. And I, I got over my fear of heights because I was at the top of the Eiffel Tower and the elevator broke or was out of service and it was pitch black. I mean, except for the 
it's a city of lights. It's never pitch black, but you know what I mean. Right. And, and walking down the stairs of the Eiffel Tower after dark, and suddenly I got down. I'm like, I don't think I'm afraid of heights anymore, and I'm not. Well, and I mean that's and that's why like a lot of CBT when you're dealing with phobias is um, the gradual exposure to the phobia. Yeah, and I think it was because my dad forced me when I wasn't ready, and 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 the Keyword same with the Statue gradual. of Liberty, in the Statue of Liberty, and with the <coughs> with the Eiffel Tower. I was in control. It was my choice. Right. And plus, like, I was in Paris. I felt invincible. The, um, the, I was also 18. You always feel, or 17. You always feel invincible when you're 17. It's actually funny. I'm actually quite proud of myself because part of carcinophobia is it's, it's actually the waiting period, like the diagnostic tests and waiting period. Oh my God. Yes. That is the part that I am most afraid of. So, in essence, my most troubling fear is fear itself. Because it's the anticipation period more than, like, I'm not afraid of blood tests. I'm not, um, you know, I've always said, you're you're just going to have to knock me out if I ever have to do an MRI. But um, the, huh, my Halloween ringtone. Oh, love it. But um, the, um, when we got into the accident, because I had a seatbelt bruise right on the left side of my neck, they were like, okay, we're going to do um x-rays okay do your x-rays we're going to do a blood test uh, sure do your blood test they did sonograms okay used to those i had i've had a baby and then they want to do a ct scan and that is one of those things that you're crossing the line there with me you know where it shows you so much and my fear was always what else are you going to find that i don't know is there well that's that was yeah. the thing and i was talking to a nurse about it because she saw my blood pressure elevated when they said they were going to do a CT scan on my neck, chest, and abdomen. And she said, you won't believe how common that is. That it's not the fear of what are we going to find where we're looking. It's what unexpectedly are you going to find. Because the CT tests are diagnostic. Well, yeah. yeah. They find things x-rays won't. Well, yeah. I, I hear you. Like when I, when, I was, when I had the MRI because they wanted to check uh, for... Um, I can't remember why they were checking. You were having well. It was for my my tingling, tingling and my yeah. and my dizziness. And I thought it was a nerve. Thing. Yeah. So so they did put an MRI and they're like, oh well, we didn't find anything in the MRI except for this giant cyst in well, your she, in your head. Yeah. Well, at first she said it was a tiny cyst, and then the neurologist took one look at it and said, you need to see a neurosurgeon right now. Um. And that's the sort of thing I'm talking about. Like yeah. that is the real life example of what. Yeah. By the way, so, my brain is fine. It's just got a big bubble in it. <coughs> she could have been born with it. Uh, yes, that is true. Yeah. Because we don't know, because we don't have the CT scan from when I was like 11. But I had an honest to God panic attack yeah. in the CT scan. <coughs> because they, they didn't, didn't sedate you? Uh-uh. They knew you were that anxious, <coughs> they didn't sedate you. Nope. I'm kind of pissed at them. They And they did the contrast dye. That makes you feel you like You had to drink it, right? No. Oh, okay. Because I've had to drink it and I've had it injected. Okay, I'm still alive. I needed water. I provided water. She is so good to me. <laughs> no, but what I was saying was that I had an out-and-out panic attack because they injected me with the dye. And, uh, and I mean, I knew that the dye would heat you up in really weird places, but it was just too much. I had just come off of an accident. I was getting a CT scan and then the dye. And... I just felt my heart start racing. And 
I was really proud of myself for one, not busting out of their Frankenstein style and running down the hallway. But, you know, I remember laying there going, um, this is something you guys should know. The physiological makeup of a, like an actual panic attack, if we don't put our own anxiety behind it, it's only made to last up to two minutes and then it goes away. It's hard to do that when you're in the middle of one because it's hard to not panic when you're having one. Yeah. But I remember, but that's something I learned in psychopharmacology. Thank you. Um, thank you, professor. But um, it's, it's funny because I, I actually lay there going, just breathe. And of course, part of when you're getting the CT scan is they have you hold your breath. So I'm trying to hold my breath while my pulse is doing that. And I remember just saying, it'll be gone in two minutes and just, just go through it. You're already halfway through it. It'll be done in a second. And I got better. Um, they must have seen my heart rate do something or whatever, because the radiologist came over and said, are you all right? When I was done. And I, you know, I said, no, well, I mean, I'm okay now, but I was freaking out, but I'm here. And Did they, they give got, you a clicker? No. No, but so basically it was a general hospital. I mean, they, they have. They might only do that for MRIs, but they give you a clicker in case you panic. Oh, okay. But no, I, um, but they got the scans they needed. I was fine. And they, I assume if there was any kind of random scary ass thing that they were looking at, they would say, by the way, um, we found this by accident, call your doctor. But yeah, they, I got no such news. So see, I think it's funny because my MRIs, like I can't relax. Because if I do, I freak out. But um, I find MRI is very soothing. I think it's because, like, I'm forced to lie still and I I put all my focus into not moving. And because MRIs are loud as heck, yeah. like, it's enough of a distraction for my brain that... I'm actually surprised more like, places... Like, I just chillax. I'm actually surprised more places don't offer open MRIs because claustrophobia is common AF. And... Instead of pumping people up with Valium or Xanax or whatever, just, they, I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, just offer more open MRIs. Just buy the machine. You'll get more people getting yeah. their MRIs if you offer those. Yeah. Well, they give you a clicker. Mm -hmm. But I don't need the clicker because I'm like, this is nice. Can I just do this for an hour? Maybe take a nap? I never claimed Sawa was normal. Well, <laughs> well, isn't that kind of why we originally started this? Because... Like, I am not, and other people might not, and other people might Nobody's not want to, like, be stigmatized by the fact that right. that everything is variation. Every well, not everything is variations of normal, but <coughs> mental health is full of variations of normal. Everybody has something. Yep. But, oh, I was telling you that I was reading the CDC was talking about they need to help out the um carcinophobia thing because people like i said it's a little bit of knowledge you have but not the full picture so like i said you know you have a headache it's a tumor um if you know your foot is tingly you have you know leprosy or whatever but the thing is they are thinking of changing the name to specifically what it is which i think is brilliant because then you'll get back into the disease and treatment way of thinking so for example if if they find a, a tumor on your bone, mm -hmm. they're saying, let's just eradicate the idea of calling it bone cancer because people automatically, no matter how far we've come in treatment, 
people lick cancer to death. So osteosarcoma? Right. So to actually call it its long name, we'll kind of first off take the C word out of it. And and by calling it the its its disease name or 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 whatever name, you automatically kind of go from thinking death to, oh, well, how do you treat that? You know? Right. So. Well, and I think a part of the problem is, and I mean, this is all kinds of hypocritical for me to say because we're recording this on the internet and it's a podcast, so it's inherently internet. But I think part of the problem is the internet in general because like SBH, I have completely banned from WebMD. Oh God, I banned myself from that. That was that well, was yeah. But you and I suffer. have had words. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. we don't fight, but we have had words. She strongly urged. I threatened to disown her. Um, Damn, it was that bad. Yeah. <sighs> I can't remember what it was. Over, I think it was something with yeah, a business a class in his brain. Um, oh. No, I think it was a business class thing. Oh, okay. Um, or maybe I don't know. You were you were on it, and it was making you insane, and that was making me insane. Yep. And everyone was insane. Yeah. Um, in the membrane. But I mean, that's also how I feel about, and this is my, this is the hill I die on. Like I have a big, no judging other parents who are just doing their best. Just like I'm trying to do my best and SBH is trying to do their best. And um, every parent I know, well, most parents I know are just trying to do their best. And um, I, I, I do not try to be a judgy parent, but the hill I will die on is vaccines and I yeah. think, and it's the same thing with the the cancer people read half a study on the internet or they read Not a paper they the don't study. understand on the internet or they read what's worse is these newspapers and magazines who have someone read a paper that they don't really get and then they pull out things and publish it in an article that makes no sense when you read the primary literature. And I know that I'm being a snob because I have access to the primary data um, through my job. But like they 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 read something that that someone who may or may not have any qualifications wrote on the internet, and then they think they've done quote research, and they can make a decision better than a doctor. Well, and Love also it. yeah, and also <laughs> by the way, doctors are partly to blame because I used to have a wonderful old doctor. Um, rest his soul, he died. Um, I he's he was older. So he came from a time of medicine where cover your ass medicine was not as big as it is now. Doctors are partly to blame. I'll tell you why. Because they're so afraid of being sued that once upon a time. Their malpractice insurance is so damn expensive. Right. Well, once upon a time, you could ask your doctor and they would reassure you. That's that's how it used to be. Yeah. Now, doctors scare you more than ever because they don't want to answer. You say, hey, I lactated randomly. 10 months after I had my first baby, um, is that, is that bad? And they don't say no, you know what I mean? Or they don't say, mine do. okay, well, mine didn't. Mine yeah. said, you know, it's like, no, um, you know, but well, actually, no, mine screwed up. He said, you don't have cancer. But then he excused himself and made a phone call to a surgeon to cover his ass. And the surgeon who was covering her ass said, um, there's like oh, a very low day. chance. So let's, and the fact that he did that behind my back, one took all my trust away from him, him reassuring me. It's like, well, if you're reassuring me, why did you sneak a call? Didn't even tell me about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they're so interested in covering their 
ask that they they don't answer your questions anymore. You ask, hey, um, I have a zit on my forehead. Is that bad? And they go, instead of saying, no, nah, to me, it looks like a zit. They go, well, to be sure, it's not this thing you fear so badly. You know what I mean? Well, so, plus, also, they're trying to pay their loans, so they want lots of tests, so they get paid by the insurance companies. You know, That's but, not fair. That's not really how it works. Well, well, my, I'm just being bitter. No, I think... I mean, I think they're just covering their ass. Yeah. And so doctors do not reassure you anymore. The uh, The best doctor I've run into was the radiologist who did the diagnostic mammogram, mm -hmm. who, like I said, he was older than hell. And he said, everyone comes in here thinking they have cancer. Only a few do. And when they, because it was my first ever mammogram, they can't clear it if you don't have a baseline, if you they have a, a fibroid or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember he called me back. He goes, I was so concentrated on that boob that on the right one, I, and he even said over the phone, I know this is normal breast tissue, but because we don't have a baseline, I can't write it off until we get the second scan. Mm -hmm. Oh no, the sonogram. Because the sonogram is diagnostic, the mammogram is screening. And but he said it four times on that machine. He goes, I know this is normal. I am positive this is normal. Because he knew I would worry. Yeah. And he is the last doctor I've come across. And go figure, he's old. He's probably one of the last ones out there who will actually use their expertise and their experience to comfort you versus cover their ass all the time. And my neurosurgeon is actually the same way. He um That's awesome. He wanted my entire history, even though he had the notes from my neurologist and the notes from my general care practitioner, he wanted me to go over my entire history in detail with him. He wouldn't let me use any vague terms or any terms that I'd looked up on my own. Right. He wanted very specific. And not only did he completely assure me that my MRI was, well, it's not normal because there's a cyst in it, but um, that it's not pushing on anything it shouldn't. But when he ordered, he ordered another one and said, the only reason I am ordering this is because, well, one, they didn't get all the angles they needed. Um, but the other one is he wants to reassure me that my sis has not changed and that I'm okay. Yeah. And he went through it with me when I got the next test. He went through it with me and he was not ashamed to say when I asked a question that he didn't know. And then he went and looked up the answer yeah. for me. And that is one phobia I have never had. Give me bringing it around. Um, yeah. I have never been afraid wrong. And I think that's really, really important. I don't like being wrong. I hate being wrong. But I'd rather be wrong openly and have someone call me on it so I can fix it. Yeah. And I feel like doctors need to be the same way. I think doctors need to say, okay, or not just not, just not being wrong but also to admit they don't know. Right. And I, I, I admit I don't know shit all the time. But um, I think it's really important, especially as a mother, that my kids know that I don't think I'm perfect, that my boss knows that I, if I need help with something, he can trust me to admit that I don't know something, that right. he can trust me not to be afraid to make a mistake or to check with him before. And I mean, I've gone to him and I said, boss, I know that this is the answer, but I'm second guessing myself and overthinking it. Will you check it for me? And because he has that trust in me, you know, that reassures him that he made the right choice in hiring me. And I feel like we should feel the same thing about our doctors. Right.
that we should have a practitioner that we can trust to do the research or say, you know what, I need a second opinion, or this is not my area of expertise. Let me write you a referral to someone who knows. And, and you know, I mean, to anybody who might be listening to this, who, who can relate to at least my, you know, health related phobias or whatever, um, you, if I were to give them a piece of advice, because I am a fellow sufferer, and this is not complete advice, otherwise I wouldn't still have the phobia myself. The first thing to remember that I try to remind myself is it wouldn't be a phobia if it was rational. So don't get down on yourself for having it, you know. Um, that goes with any phobia. Right, you know, and it wouldn't be called a phobia. if, it, Like, for example, if you are a veteran coming back from Iraq and you have a fear of getting blown up, we won't call it blown up phobia because that was a reality for you for a long time. Um, we call that post-traumatic stress disorder. But, um, <laughs> but you know, the if it's an out-and-out phobia, it's there because it's not rational. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a phobia. Um, and usually your logical brain knows it's irrational, but that doesn't stop your emotional brain from... Right. And then, like I said, to the mothers out there, it seems to get even more irrational quicker on the visceral emotional level because our brain seems to go to what about my children? The truth is. I think fathers have that too. Yeah. But well, not yeah. as, ex I don't think as extreme. Like my I mean, husband, some do. my husband is a lot uh, less fearful in his parenting than I am. Yeah. No, but um, and it's not saying that one way is better than the other. I just, sometimes I envy him that he is, you know, he gives them more quarter or more space to screw could, up than I do. It could also be <sighs> the parent, because every child at different ages in their life latch on to one parent more. Like, I think you and I can agree that we are that parent that our children <laughs> latch on to more. Um, and so the, 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 primary, the primary latched parent, I think they're the ones who feel it more mm -hmm. because you have more of that symbiotic relationship. Not that the other parent doesn't, but you feel if you see your child cry because you're leaving a room, whereas they're okay if the other parent leaves the room, you're going to feel particularly responsible for that kid's well-being. Yeah. You know, the abandonment complex and yada, yada, yada. So, um, but like I said, what to do about phobias. One thing that has worked is like, I don't fear CT scans anymore because I wasn't gradually introduced, but... I went through it. You know what I mean? Just try to remember that when you're actually there going through it, it's going to be a thousand times less scary than your thought process going into it. Phobias are so mental. It's not even funny. So you might want to remember that if, for example, you have a fear of the dentist, cavity removal really doesn't hurt as much as you build it up in your head. No, but it costs a massive fortune. That's my phobia about the dentist. Money. Yep. Well, I think anybody living in this day and age has a money thing. Well, that's why I'm missing two fillings and I haven't gotten them replaced. Doesn't it hurt? Nope. No nerve is exposed, I guess. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing I don't understand. And this isn't going to be a podcast episode, but I don't get why our, our dental coverage is not a guaranteed thing since dental hygiene leads to all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And I have dental insurance. It's just, you know, they... They charge more than my doctors. Anyway, that's beside the point, and that is a rant for another time. Yeah. Maybe uh, uh, Nerd Pride Radio can do a nerd rage about dental care, because <laughs> um, that's not our... And, I mean, 
I'm not saying that we won't rant and we don't rant. We do all the time. But um, like I said, we have, oh, wait, I didn't say because we deleted that one because I screwed up. Um, no, I have a I have a rant on consent that I want to do, but this is our Halloween episode. If you want to uh, finish off with a, one of your uh, supernatural experiences. Um, okay, so anybody who has any kind of ghosty phobia, I don't know what you call that. It's probably called, you know, ectophobia. I don't know. Um, it is now. Is it ectophobia? And <laughs> um, I guarantee there is a name. Hang on, I got no, but no, no, no. But I like ectophobia because it reminds me of when we were talking about grundles. Oh, <laughs> because of Ghostbusters. Uh-huh. <coughs> Hold on. Keep oh my God, you can't. Thing. You just can't like unsee that. Uh, if you've been to our Facebook page, we I found um, a picture of a grundle. We'll put some grundles up there. And, oh, uh, I was close. Phasmophobia. Phasmophobia, the fear of ghosts. So yeah. if if you have that and don't want to hear about. I call them boggles because that is my racial heritage. And uh, we call them jumbies. Yeah. So um, it, you might want to turn it off now, but come on. They're, come um, on. They're, so actually, Sal was just talking about today. Um, I heard Magic Ants say off the cuff um, about going to haunted places or whatever. I love them. And he said something about if you want to find a haunted place, you don't have to spend money. All you have to do is go to my parents' second floor <laughs> of their house. So it is creepy. And so I was asking Salad just this evening. I was like, what is he talking about? Like, did somebody die there or whatever? She goes, I don't know, but um, he may have felt pressure or seen things. And she said, I'm not sensitive uh, to these things. Um, she reminded me of a term I've heard. I don't know if it was you or my mother-in-law calling it ghost sensitive. It wasn't me. I've I've heard that term before, but basically the idea is that some people have that sixth sense a la Haley Joel Osment. Um, <laughs> and no spoilers for a movie that's what, 20 years old. Right. I figured that out before, but anyway, um, I figured out the village, the, I've had a, a couple times where I can inexplicably tell you that I've come across random stuff. So I'll tell you two. Okay. The first time I was 16 years old. And the reason I know this is real is because I didn't go in there thinking anything. So my stepdad, his parents are pretty damn wealthy. Good for them. No, I don't see a penny of it. Neither does he. So... They 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 built um, this. They they were building this really exclusively um, beautiful retirement. You know, like old rich ass retired people up at the very like near the Canadian border in Blaine, Washington. <laughs> and I was sixteen, and they had just had their house built, and they wanted us to come up for uh, ten days. So we went and. You know, being 16, being away from AOL Instant Messenger um, no! sounded horrible. And I was like, oh, geez, and I'm going to miss all my peoples and da 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 da. And um, so, actually, wait, no, no, no. It wasn't even that yet because that's when I was 20, 21. I was going to say, I wasn't one of your people a then. No, a AOL Instant Messenger, I don't even think it was a thing yet. I think America Online was a thing. But anyway, <laughs> so we go up there and I was expecting to be bored as hell. Okay, we 
<coughs> we took a plane into Seattle, drove all the way to this place that took practically a day. And the only thing I wanted to do, they, you know, his, his, his mother was really nice. He said, she said, um, we have your room made up um, downstairs. It has the TV in it. I'm like, hey, 16 TV, MTV all night. Awesome. I go downstairs where it's they have this game room, a painting room, two bedrooms and this theater area in the living room downstairs. What a horrible life. Right. You know, and I go there. And I hop in the shower thinking, oh, okay, so they have a game room and, uh, you know, movie screening room. This is going to be actually pretty good, right? Yeah. Plus, we were going to go to Canada. I was looking forward to that. Um, Um, I jumped in the shower and I kept opening my eyes because I felt like somebody was standing right next to me, staring at me and not staring at me in a lecherous way, but staring at me like, what the hell are you doing here? And so we'll save the lettery for a voice hour. (laughs) So I, with soap in my hair, I poked my head out and I called my mom. My mom came downstairs and I said, could you stand out here while I'm in the shower? Mm -hmm. And to this day, if you talk to my mother, she'll remember that I intermittently would say, mom, just to make sure she was still out there. I'm going to ask her. Go ask her. And then I gave up my room to my stepdad so I could sleep in my mother's bed because that (laughs) feeling followed me no matter where I went downstairs. I was okay upstairs in the dining room and in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. But once I was downstairs, it was my God. And I could not, I didn't know what was wrong with me. I just felt very uneasy and very uncomfortable to the point where I gave up my TV room to my stepdad so I could sleep in bed with my mom. At 16, that tells you something. And my mom... So, oh, and this was creepy. Um, so my mom already knows that no, I was practically between her butt cheeks the entire time. And one morning I woke up and I got really annoyed because I'm trying to sleep. And I kept hearing change moving around and dropping like she was counting her pennies or whatever, you know, because we were on a trip. And I was like, Mom, could you do that later? Because she's making a lot of noise. And girl, when I turned around, there was nobody in the room. Um there's no change on the dresser. And I was like, what the hell is that? And it's weird because decades later, I hear that people complain about the same thing. I think at the Lizzie Borden. Oh my gosh, really? Oh, like one of those famous. We should go. I, I ain't staying the night at the damn Lizzie Borden. That's for damn sure. No, 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 just a tour. Yes. But um, it's too expensive for the night. But I mean, the, totally would. But it's and you have expensive. to get on a waiting list like a year in advance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want to go on the tour. But the um, Massachusetts next year. But um, the. We talked about Williamsburg, too. I know that I heard that same experience on some random. I think it was the Lizzie Borden. But anyway, so I I mean that. So when we were leaving, we went to Canada for a few days. I had a great time. was perfectly fine there. They left me alone in the hotel when I was, you know, wanting to go do my own thing. That was perfectly fine. Go back to the house for two more days. Uncomfortable again. So when we were pulling out of the driveway, I'll never forget. It was like at the ending of a scary movie. We're pulling out of the driveway. I could still see the house in front of us because we haven't even turned yet. My mom turns around. She goes, so I just got to let you know, grandma such and such is in that house. I said, what do you mean? Because this, uh, my stepdad's grandma had died, I think like a year or two before. I said, what do you mean she's in that house? She's dead. She goes, no, no, no. They kept her ashes. And they had her in the living room downstairs. Oh, my God. And what I wasn't aware of is 
she died being very angry and bitter with her daughter because they had an estranged relationship for the last like 20 or 30 years of her life. Mm -hmm. And the reason that they had that room all done up nice for me, it was all her furniture that they moved from the old folks home that they stuck her in. And she died in the hospital after they had promised her that they would move her into that house when she came out of the hospital. Oh my God. But they knew she was dying of colon cancer. So there was that issue. So the second time I went back, which is when I was 21 and I knew you by then, um, we, I went there fully expecting to be freaked out and I wasn't, I stayed there by myself downstairs. I was fine. I felt no sense of discomfort, even though I was fully expecting it this time. And it turned out, mom tells me later, oh, well, they finally moved her ashes. Like they finally let her go or whatever. Oh my God. So that's why I give it credibility because the first time I wasn't thinking anything weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just kind of popped up. Um, the second time I ever felt something like that was in Alcatraz when we toured Alcatraz. It was in the outside grounds. I um, I, went there. I will go there. I went there expecting, uh, once again, expecting to be bored because I thought it was just a big old rotting jail in the middle of the bay. And uh, no, it was creepy. It was creepy as hell um, in the workout yard and in the outside grounds. Then I come to find out months later that underneath the jail are World War, um, no, Civil War prisons underneath the ground. I did not know that. Yeah, actually, the Travel Channel or was it Discovery Channel? Their cameras were allowed in there for the first time in how many decades? Oh, wow. Or I'm going to look yeah. that up. Yeah, so I was like, well, that'll explain why the grounds are creepy as hell. I mean, I was walking around looking at the, fa- the flora and the fauna, looking at the pretty scene of San Francisco, taking my pictures. There's a picture um, my mother-in-law took of everybody having lunch in the workout yard and everybody's smiling and I'm looking over my shoulder. I remember that story. She yeah. has that, yeah. So those are my two ghosty encounters. Okay. Well, so I will do mine. And like I said, I'm not sensitive, but, and I am a scientist. So people are like, no, you can't believe in go. So here's my, my, just one of my like life dogmas here. A true scientist's brain is always open. Well, that's the thing. And mine. So you can't prove a negative. Right. You cannot prove that something doesn't exist. You can only prove that it does. Right. Therefore, I still am open to the possibility of fairies. I'm still open to the possibility of nasty. I'm definitely open to the possibility of ghosts because, again, I also have, you know, Episcopalian, um, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, all that jazz. Um, like I said, you can't prove a negative. And as a scientist, we are supposed to question everything, including keeping an open mind as much as possible. That being said, so I went to a very old church growing up. Um, It's very beautiful um, and reportedly haunted. In fact, there are um, two statues that we always um, were told that the the people were buried in, like underneath the statues, like a sarcophagus kind of thing. But then um, my mom last year took us to a cemetery and we saw their actual graves which was super cool. But anyway, so all this time we were told that the ghost of a little girl, um, and I don't know if it's her, but um, anyway, her, her, I can give you her first name was Grace because that's a very common name and it gives nothing away. Um, so Grace was the ghost that we ha- was said to be at the church and um, like our priest son would hear footsteps when no one was there but him and all this stuff. And I 
not being sensitive, never really thought anything of it. But I was doing a, an internship, whereas I was working in um, our church also has a theater, like a, a not a movie theater, a play theater. And I have a degree in that. And so I was doing an internship and I was cataloging the costume room. And it was on the third or fourth floor. I don't remember right now. And the lights were really old. Okay, so the lights would do all kinds of crazy stuff. And my mother and father kept telling me, oh, no, there's nothing weird. It's just the ballasts. To this day, I don't know what a ballast is when it comes to electronics. I mean, I've done a lot of theater electrics, but um, we don't talk about ballasts. I don't know what this means, but I just kind of always took it for granted. And the light switch, like, you'd have to turn it on and off, on and off, on and off to get it to work. And one day, <clears throat> at the time I was working retail, and I'd had a really frustrating day because I was in a specialty kind of retail and they treated women like shit. And I'd had a really bad day and I still had to put in several hours categorizing, um, cataloging, you know, for coats and some of things still had heads on them and all this kind of stuff. So I, I'm stomping up the stairs because the elevator wasn't working. The elevator only got you to part of the building and this was in the part of the building that you'd take the elevator up a little ways and then have to go down a hallway and stairs and blah. Um, so I'm stomping up the stairs and I just said, Grace Elizabeth, don't you dare fuck with me today. And the lights turned on instantly first try, which had never happened in the months I've been working up there. And they stayed on and it didn't even make the creepy, you know, that electric noise. It didn't even make the noise. And then I felt really, really guilty because I had just sworn at a nine-year-old girl. It was just, you know, trying to have a good time. Well, yeah. And like, like you would hear things like what sounded like a ball. Huh. And I always dismiss that as, you know, it's an old building. Things creak. and like, you know, balls. Yeah. <coughs> well, it would sound like just something bouncing. And I mean, it could have been anything. But yeah, uh, so that's a, and I felt really bad that I dropped the F-bomb. On a little girl. Well, at least she knew what it meant. <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, and I'm sure she's heard it before. I am not the first person who has sworn in that church. In fact, I'm not. Uh, there have been people who did the F word in that church. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah, I. Not me. Anyway. Um, so, happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Um, I'm going to read the credits real quick. And then I'm <laughs> going to take SCH movie and business class to their hotel to our upgraded hotel because you know crazy man from the last one all right um so i'm gonna do that because it's late and uh and we fly out in the morning they fly out in the morning i gotta pick them up as early i'll be there by seven yeah okay um Bicoastal Disorder with SPH and Sala is a proud member of the Nerd Pride Network. Quality nerd content from quality nerds check us out on facebook and instagram at Bicoastal Disorder. Email us your questions and comments, not about the tone of our voices, at bicoastaldisorderpodcast at gmail.com. Join us at the Nerd Pride Radio forums at nerdpriderecom slash nerds, as well as checking out the other awesome, awesome podcast, Nerd Pride Radio with Mike Jones. Our theme song will eventually be by Poor Pete. Uh, production assistance by Blue Devil. And now we got to go because... Sleepy kids. Very sleepy kids, man. All kids. Right. Good night, guys. Hey guys talk to you later. Thank you for listening. Bye.